The last thing I did was Ty was getting from the bus stop and the dog jumped up on his uh, crotch and Ty's like, ow. And my, and my youngest child goes, Ty, did you just get hit in the sussy? The sussy. Which I've never heard before. And then he, I said, where did you hear that? And he goes, so. So the other one? <laughs> yep, sold him out immediately. He, he's, I said he's not in trouble. I just want to know like what it means and like. Yeah. <laughs> what, be up to date on the kid lingo. Yeah. He, they're oh, always scared. <laughs> you're very quiet, Brandon. Yeah. What do you do to your children that you're so afraid, Jennifer? I don't know. Like literally, <laughs> they've had, they've never, they've never been spanked. Like nobody is, like nothing. the The worst thing that has ever happened to my kids is screens taken away. Mm. My Ty and Daniel say that I have a domineering presence when I'm mad, even uh, if I don't yell or anything. Does work at all? Yeah, Am you're coming yeah. through better. Yeah. Is it still quiet? No, you're very loud now. I'm very loud. Okay. Is yeah, that better? Is that better? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. Fun. Yeah. You're a little it's bit. It's good. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah. Don't listen to me. I'm an asshole. Uh, let's see. I just, def- I don't, I was going to send him all of these things. This, this entire email. He sent me his phone number too. Wow. See, that's what happens when you ask for the email. I didn't ask for anything. He just sent it to me. I was like, I'm not calling you unless I'm drunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 I'm rewatching Swedehead. Oh man, I wouldn't give I wouldn't give Colin Anthony's number um, when like they like Anthony was coming onto our little game that we play on Friday because he was in town for me, and Colin was like, I need to tell Anthony what's going to happen in the game. And I'm like, okay, here's this email. He's like, his email. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not giving you. <laughs> You're, he's like, a, he's like the biggest fan of Anthony. So, right. I, do you think you would like bother him? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hay, Maybe start hay ashing him or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. I also, you are drinking, Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, I Shit, I, I forgot to I decided to do so. <laughs> I don't know anything about Mickey Reese personally. He could be sober, he could be straight edge, he could be an alcoholic. I don't know. Yeah, he could be all those things. He could, he could be all at once. I mean that's true actually. I remember the first time the smudge told me he was an alcoholic. I was like, Oh I say I'm an alcoholic, I don't drink. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm an astronaut, I don't go to space and he said, fuck you. And I <laughs> put it together later. Like, oh, he meant he's like a, he's a dry, uh, what is the term? A dry drunk. Yeah, dry drunk or a sober alcoholic. I forget. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I think the idea is that if you're an alcoholic, you're, you're always going to be an alcoholic. Right. I just, I didn't know that at the time. Right. Uh, right. I probably right. should have at 26 yeah. or whatever, but uh, I just didn't. Uh, and yeah. yeah. It is a weird thing to apply because if you like, if if by that logic you would only be an alcoholic when you are drunk or drinking or something, right? What am I doing here? Um, yeah. Is that a hey? You made it. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear us? Hi, <laughs> uh, I cannot hear anybody. Uh oh. Uh-oh. 
Should we just keep talking? Sure. Blah, 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 blah. We got to get the levels right. Well, I mean, we can still talk shit about him until he hears us, I guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we can hear you. Yeah, nothing. Oh, motherfucker. This happens every time. (laughs) I guess I should let him know we can hear him. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I was doing that. Oh, you were? (laughs) It's okay. You're faster typer than me. I have... Yeah, I don't know. I got... uh, tendonitis a lot though i can't really type on this computer much. did you see online that they found like a that somebody was swearing that there was like a cure for tinnitus tinnitus, tinnitus? T- what did i yeah what did, i have t- i have i have tinnitus i would like a cure for that i let me see if i can find it i i've never had that but i will look it up and people were like this fixed it huh Wait, is this curing tinnitus permanently or just... No, just like a little bit. Oh, it just like alleviates it when it happens? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. It's not hard. I mean, but I'm not going to press my hand to my head all day just to not hear a ringing noise. Yeah, like it happens worse, like the worst when I'm trying to sleep. Here, I'll try to come back in. It's as close as we ever got to interviewing him. It's pretty good. Is he back? Oh, no. He's <laughs> just, I'm fucking. Yeah, I'll come back. Hey, can you hear us? I can hear you guys fine now. I'm on my phone. Okay. Cool. That's sorry. Really nothing, I guess. No, I'm sorry. that I don't know why Zoom, like every person we talk to, has an issue. <laughs> it, I mean, I do these all the time. I don't know why it's doing it this time. I don't know what's happening going on right now. I think it's just me. I think I've just, I ruin it for people. Yeah. <laughs> like a Thanks, Rob. Zoom. Let me uh, try to figure out uh, something to do where I'm just not holding the phone. You know, the truck. No yeah. one's seeing this, right? No, no, no. This is just for no. us. Is no. Is it cool if I, is it fine if I just talk? Yeah. Yeah. yeah however. Yeah. 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 I just want to put your phone down. <laughs> I was doing a Zoom call on my phone once and I just dropped the phone on my face. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. Yeah. I feel like that's a. That's a very relatable experience at this point. Even just texting or looking at Instagram on your phone at night and just falls on your face. Um, Can you guys hear me all right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Front, my front camera is like smeared or something, so it looks like shit. So that's that's why I was like, oh, I don't want to use my phone. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, we wouldn't care anyway. I mean... Yeah, the videos don't go anywhere. This is just so we're not like asking well, questions. Just you know, didn't want you guys to think you were like that you guys were developing a cataract or something with all the like, <laughs> fog and stuff around. Whenever, whenever my mom sends me photos, her her camera is always fucked, and I just wish that I was there to like clean it. I like I can't. <laughs> yeah. Does she does she not know the difference? She's like, yeah, that's what reality looks like. <laughs> I'll just send this out. Maybe. Okay. Um, that's, that's after a nice cleaning, so I'm pretty sure this this front lens is just fucked. Yeah, I don't know. Mine the same way actually. I'm, the back lens though, like my I- back my back one is. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on today. Of course. Yeah, appreciate it. I, I wore my. Um, it's a kind of a thematic T-shirt. It's Marshall. Oh, Marshall Applewhite. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much opportunity to wear it very often, but now that you were coming on the show, wait, who is it? it? Love it. I've got a Heaven's Gate shirt in the closet somewhere. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. You had the whole getup. <laughs> no, I wish. Okay. <laughs> wait, we're talking. If we ever get to make that movie, I certainly will have it at that point. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Is this an, is this actual Heaven's Gate? Like the that's the T-shirt you're wearing? 
like this Nikes. I'm not, and those. I'm not wearing it, but I mean, I have, but I have one in my closet. But you both just have Heaven's Gate apparel. Oh, yeah. I have a Marshall Apple. Yeah, that, that, that is okay. true. I thought it was like a band related, like making fun of them, not making fun of them, but referencing them or something. It's just you guys just have straight fan paraphernalia for Heaven's Gate. I don't, I don't know how much of a fan paraphernalia mine is. Mine just says, oh, heavens. And it's Marshall Applewhite looking surprised. I don't know if that's like an official garment. You can get yeah, that. Mine, at mine's, uh, mine's definitely a fan paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> there's an right. there's there's an Instagram account that I follow that's like a big uh, who is it Ted Kaczynski a bed Ted Ted Kaczynski meme fan account. <laughs> I'm curious about how this gate though because is that website still alive? Because I remember Gawker wrote an yes. article about it. It's still the same one. <laughs> Do we know if it's still the same two people like those two people that survived or whatever? There's no telling who's who runs the website. <laughs> I never Gawker reached out to them though. Like the there was like the one the two people that didn't that's there was like one person that stayed behind and one person that like chickened out or something. And yeah. I think they were the ones that were still running the website. Um it's possible. I mean they're the only two ones in that last like HBO documentary they made. When was that? Two, three years three years ago, maybe? Mm. Oh shit. I have to watch that. Yeah, it's pretty recent. It's on it's on HBO. I I Maybe it's just called Heaven's Gate. I can't remember what it's called, but it's amazing. <laughs> Were you saying that you do want to make a film about them? Like you would make a what a narrative film about? You're them? writing one now, right? About Marshall Applewhite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh uh, I mean, it was a, it's a situation where we started developing it, and it was just like, oh, no one's gonna give us the amount of money we need to make this movie. I'll just have <laughs> to keep trucking and making more movies until we get up to to that level to be able to <laughs> make, make something that big. You know what I mean? <laughs> You see, you do have plans to be making bigger films then. Well, that one. Okay. <laughs> Why so that? you're writing it just to get ready until you like until the funding actually comes through or Yeah. What's pretty awesome. That? I would watch that. I'm a big fan of like religious and cult themed like content in general. So like that one would be definitely up my alley. Well, I think a lot of people would watch it. I mean, yeah. I think if I was to ever make a mainstream movie, it would be that one. Yeah, I mean, I I never for people of our age, I guess, like they were kind of a big deal. Like, it's like that was all over the news forever when we were teenagers on Saturday Night Live and everything too. And yeah, do you remember the Saturday Night Live skit? It was like, uh, you know, it's just showing footage from Heaven's Gate, like from the big suicide with all of their Nikes on, and then it's just like, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, I still can't yeah. believe they like showed the footage on the news of just their dead bodies there. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I, never... I mean, it was just their feet. I mean, it was literally just like, you know, they were all covered in blankets. It really wasn't that alarming. That's true. It was only alarming, like, psychologically. It wasn't like you didn't just look at it and just be like, oh, my God. It's like people laying in a bed with, yeah. like, fully clothed with blankets on. What about them attracts? Uh, what about what about them? What do you want to make a film about, though? Like, what attracts you to them in particular? Well, I haven't seen one yet. Have you seen a Heaven's Gate movie? I, I don't. They don't. I don't think one exists. No, I don't That's think so. True. No, I can't. Yeah, they haven't made a Marshall Applewhite movie, so I wouldn't care if it's just like a normal, straightforward biopic, honestly. But ours wouldn't be sure. that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, are you? Are, I can't tell with your films. I know at least, like in Agnes. Obviously, it starts mm-hmm. like The Exorcist and ends like fucking Winter Light. And um, I know, and and in, in uh, Climate the Hunter, you talk about like the mean, like 
the universe and everything is there some are you religious at all is that what's like driving some of this no <laughs> uh i wish i was um i kind of do too honestly yeah uh i don't know well i mean agnes it was just kind of like it all starts with just like kind of like an idea of like you know oh i want to see uh what uh my camera does with um you know like kind of religious imagery mm. and see what happens with that and you know kind of like so when i get on these like you know kind of ideas of movies i want to make and the movies i picture then when I go to write them, they either come out that way or they come out something completely different, but it's all, you know, inspired from some, from one, you know, small idea of just like, Hey, I wonder what uh, a nun movie would look like if I made a nun movie. Yeah. Um, so like I watch, like I said, I watch a lot of religious like content and something that I noticed. So like I was raised like Pentecostal in the South, like really like evangelical kind of Christian. But what I notice in media is that people tend to have a lot of Catholic imagery, even in non-Catholic situations. Actually, literally just not last night, I watched a Honk for Jesus movie and they had a, a Jesus that had a sacred heart on it for a Baptist church, which is like, not but i at the which is like not you know the same like denominations but i wonder though if it's almost like an intentional choice for movie mo filmmakers to choose catholic imagery just because it's more interesting than like well yeah it's certainly cool looking and uh i think when you know it's at least where i'm concerned like when you're developing like a a, a style um that you're kind of like not necessarily bound to, but just kind of want to see it through, just kind of see what what comes of it. You want to pick different uh, subjects to practice that style on. And so I think that's a lot of, you know, uh, it's, you know, what comes out is what comes out. But I mean, it's like with Climber the Hunter, it's, you know, like, let's see what a vampire movie would look like. Or, you know, let's see what a nun movie would look like. Yeah. And, uh, either Country Gold, let's see what some cowboys look like. You know what I mean? Just like. <laughs> Start with the aesthetics. All... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like practice with uh, all these all these aesthetics and uh see what uh what kind of unique kind of spin you can put on it yeah it, it always seemed like you're playing with like iconography just like you like to yeah. like kind of you like to play it up but also subvert it i mean it's the same with like uh you know alien with like elvis and everything like that well i think i mean i like i love that i love uh american iconography like i, I mean i i'm not a fucking baseball fan but i mean you can't argue new york yankees is like <laughs> that's true that's true it, yeah it's iconic and uh and i and i do um i do love that imagery and uh but it's more subverting i i i say i don't really make movies for audiences and i and i don't but I definitely lean more towards like kind of like subverting the audience's expectations every time. Um, Cause I, I, I don't like the box that everybody puts anything in any kind of art in. Right. You know what I mean? Like it has to be a specific mm. thing to, to, for it to be good. You know what I mean? Because it's because our minds are already just like, uh, you know, essentially brainwashed to, uh, to, to watch things with a certain eye. Well, do you hmm. think you're going to keep building um, more and more like mainstream aesthetic looks to your stuff? Because like, I mean, you you have lights now, you have like good microphones and well-leveled audio and everything. Are you going to keep building on that aesthetic or do you think you might just go back and just like attach a camera, like a, a microphone to a camera again and shoot like suede head again? <laughs> oh, will I ever do a movie like that again? Uh, God, there's no telling. Maybe. <laughs> 
Maybe. I mean, you know, there's, uh, you know, working with uh, going from something like Suedehead to like Agnes, wildly different. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and at some point, uh, you know, luckily it's it's worked out so far. Um, <laughs> but like at uh, some point, no one's going to people are going to like catch on that. I'm not making movies for anyone. And uh, <laughs> and they're going to stop giving, getting me. I'm going to stop getting money to make them. So I might have to go back and do like a, a suede head, you know, but I would. Yeah. I still have the energy right now for that. You know, uh, one day, well, probably when I'm like, you know, in my fifties or something, I probably just won't have the energy for it anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, what arrows about Reed's fortune that was, was that mm-hmm. after strike your mistress? Was that in well, between? That's uh okay. So, you know, so we were just like always pumping them out all the time. And then um, we did, uh alien and we did a kickstarter on alien because i needed something i needed like a little more money i couldn't make alien like suede head or any of these other movies like i had to make it had to be something different because i was it was more a vision more of a visual thing right um so we got we got like a kickstarter so we got a little more money for that one than we normally had um i mean we're still talking it was really honestly it was like four thousand and some change on uh on the kickstarter which was it's called like seed and spark or something but i just call it kickstarter indiegogo you know one of those crowdfunding sites (laughs) uh anyway sorry i'll try to streamline this um we so we had that we made that movie and because like you know we had like kind of the community involved like throwing money in it was like all right i guess we should do something with this movie in that we should um premiere it at the local film festival like our local film festival dead center so we did that and then we won and it was Mm. just like wow like how like (laughs) you know what i mean like based on the movies that had been made that had that had gone through that site like the local movies and stuff like this was wildly different so we didn't think we had any kind of chance especially winning honestly it was like it was like i don't know maybe we'll get in (laughs) so we did that festival and then because of that then we got uh then our um I met some people not through that festival, but I had met some people beforehand, but then they had, yeah, that had some, some cash and right. they went to the premiere and saw us win and everything. So they're like, we want to be involved in this. You know, <laughs> we want to throw in some money for this. Um, so then we had more money for the next movie, which was strike your mistress. So then we did strike your mistress. And then uh, Peter Kaplowski, uh, who is the midnight madness programmer for TIFF reached out to me via email. Now, I don't know this guy. Yeah. So he reaches out to me via email and he's like, Hey, I'm the midnight man. programmer for TIFF. Um, and, uh, I saw your movie, Mickey Reese's alien, and I want to help you with your next one, whatever it may be. And I'm like, well, here's a link like done. <laughs> we already got one. I was like, well, so, and I was like, I was just going to premiere it at dead center the next year. Cause I was like, well, that worked out for us. And then we'll just make another, you know, like $20,000 movie. Um, and he was like, well, don't premiere it there hold off don't premiere it there hold off and um we will uh and, I, and I'll, i'm gonna get it into a bigger festival hmm. and i mean i don't know this guy right so i have no reason to trust him necessarily other than he's got the signature at the bottom of the email that says you know he works for tip and he's got a tip email address so it's like i mean i guess i have to believe i guess i have to like do this so then we got to sit and wait on the movie for a long time to get into another festival so we're waiting 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 for months and months and months not doing anything not making anything 
And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. I don't want to just like make a movie and then have to sit around for a long time and wait for it to premiere. Um, and so because of that, during that, I uh, just said, let's just make a movie for free. Like no one's getting paid, but I mean, we can, but let's make a movie, you know, like, uh, I mean, it's not like anybody got paid like handsomely or anything for a strike to mistress. I just mean like, we're going to make a movie like we did the old times. And that was errors of outrageous fortune. So mm-hmm. it was, so I, and I guess, so that, so strike came out, I premiered at fantastic fest. That's what Peter got us into. Mm. And then arrows played the following year at Chattanooga mm. and, uh, and dead center and like maybe two or three other festivals, but essentially arrows was made like the old movies because we were just, bored sitting around waiting for strike your mistress to do something <laughs> right okay. that all that all catch you up that makes sense yeah yeah um so yeah with arrows though, was that just like you had that house available and you're just like wrote a movie around it like how does that start yes exactly <laughs> yeah yeah we got that house and uh they were gonna be out of town on these dates so it was like all right here we go let's uh and then on the day before we shot the final scene yeah uh, maybe when the day before, maybe it was two days before or something, but we were like knee deep into shooting and did not have an ending. Didn't know what was going to happen at the end. We did, but it was just like, I wasn't satisfied with it because it was just like, well, of course everything wraps up, you know, right? just wraps up the way like that movie should end. Like when you're watching that movie, you have an understanding of just like, I know how this is all going to end. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't like that. And there's no reason <laughs> we have no reason to do that. Because right. we are not making a Hollywood movie, we have mm-hmm. no money involved. We have no reason to just wrap it all up to be to have a satisfying ending for the audience. Because what audience? Also, you know what I mean. Like, what, <laughs> who's going to watch this yeah. thing? <laughs> so that's kind of the attitude behind it. So it was like, uh, so then I was like, okay, at the end, they should just eat Greg. <laughs> that should be the ending, and then they're and then they, we wrap it up that way. Like they're all kind of like they all come together at the end. I think your other endings are mostly like that too. They just sort of end wherever it feels natural for you to end them they don't end like like the the only example i can think of for some reason i've I've been trying to think about this is pineapple express like they're all at the diner and they're all talking about what just happened and they're eating everything like so many like you were saying so many of these films have this just way they're supposed to end they have like an epilogue where everybody comes together and they're all happy now or whatever and I've appreciated that you're just like, you just like, it's like, it always feels like these films should end at an earlier point where like the action stops, where things come to a head and just where the story ends. And I feel like you do that with Agnes and some of these other films, like they just end sort of naturally more. Well, uh, also, you know, I'm writing, John and I are, are writing for, we're just writing characters. Mm-hmm. we're not thinking about a story or a plot or any like rhyme or reason of what they're doing we're just like kind of like experiencing the journey with these people right you know what i mean and that's not new that's just you know jim jarmusch <laughs> or you know like richard linklater stuff you know like sure. and that's that's essentially what we're doing it just uh i don't know <laughs> it comes across <laughs> a little differently but i mean that's essentially like you know we're just kind of creating these slice of life characters just like you know a day in the life for these people do you have a favorite character of yours? I don't know. <laughs> you remember um, all of them? <laughs> there's so many. Uh, 
I wish I, I wish, honestly, I wish, uh, before we did this, I wish I would have sent you guys country gold. Oh, um, I would have loved to see oh, that. I, I was that reading about it and I was looking to see, I was like, can I get this anywhere? And of course, no, you can't. I'm so. sorry. This was so non, this like our uh, setting up this whole uh, interview was so like nonchalant. So it's just like, that's, how, that's, how how is. that's pretty much how we go about I it. I generally describe yeah, it as yeah. like, we're having a party because like I always just send a link to them too. And then we start talking and then I just send it to the person without telling them that it's already started. So I just sort of treat it like it's a party that the person is walking into to, uh, yeah, no, I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I subscribe to it. I'm, I yeah. love it. But uh, <laughs> I, um, but because of that, I just didn't think to like, oh, I should send them country gold. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Um, if it's in theaters, I want to see it in theaters because like I've seen all of your stuff on my TV now, and like I remember the diff, like when I was making short films and stuff. I remember how much I remember the difference between like seeing my own stuff in theaters versus seeing it on a. Uh, like on my TV or my computer or whatever. And I want to be able to, your new thing sounds very cool. I want to be able to see that that way. Now that I've seen you're building up to that. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how has that been like going to film festivals now and everything and seeing it with like audiences of people you don't know? <laughs> well, we saw it. So I've only seen it at um, Fantasia in Montreal. We're premiering in a couple of weeks. We're premiering at fantastic or yeah, showing at fantastic fest in austin hmm. so um first off i really like the movie it's it's uh it's it's like a greatest hits compilation <laughs> like if you've seen a lot of the stuff leading up to it you'll just be like oh yeah like this is this makes sense yeah. uh but i imagine for other people that haven't like watching it will just be like what in the hell is it? it's 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 it'll be i, I assume the log line will come out. Will be, it'll be something like just like should satisfy uh, fans he already has, but won't make him any new ones. <laughs> <laughs> you really think? I mean, I feel like you've. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's generally the way you make new fans. Like when Mystery Science Theater got started, they were just improvising all their jokes on public access, and then when they sent their tape to a comedy channel i think it was called the time they like got all the best jokes and put them all together and sent it to him then anybody they watched it, they were like oh this is a better product seeing all of this together all the the best bits of what we do together then oh i feel like that might be your your way of getting a bigger audience really <laughs> uh maybe um yeah i don't know we'll see <laughs> do you uh, uh do you think it's gonna be do you think it's gonna be big with like George Jones and Garth Brooks fans? No, no way in hell. <laughs> First off, okay, I did. I remember this happening at a Q and A. Oh, what shit? We we showed it in Toronto too. I forgot. Um, I remember this happening at a Q and A, and uh, but then someone said someone added another detail to it on Letterbox when I was reading that I read later on a review. So there was a guy who said at the end of it, um, I felt like it was a really good screening. I felt like the audience was really like, you know, just just really engaging, really laughing and having a great time. And all the questions were great. Well, then there's one final question at the end. And it's this guy. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't know. It seemed like they didn't really belong there. <laughs> so he, <laughs> this guy raises his hand. And says, "What was the point?" <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't see him that well because I'm up on the stage and he's in the audience. Um, and on Letterbox later, there was a review that uh, said something about that screening, 
and about that particular gentleman, and they said that he had a Garth Brooks shirt on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh man, my so parents. He probably, lived he didn't it. just have the black and white like collar. No, that's okay. what I was wearing. Uh, <laughs> no, it was like I don't know. I have no idea. It looked like a black T-shirt to me. I didn't really. I'm just gauging on what the letterbox <laughs> thing said. I didn't see. But it's right. certain if I would have noticed if it was some Mobetta shirt on, I'm assuming like a Garth Brooks tour shirt or something, you know, like yeah. just him him on the uh, cover with like the thunder rolling or something in the background. Um, but no, people that like Garth Brooks and George Jones will not see this movie because it will not be marketed to them. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's a black and white art film like. Oh, it is black. You know and white. I, mean? I think there were yeah. some like, production stills, I guess. And yeah, in variety or something. Um. So you normally don't act in your movies. What made you want to act in this one and take on such like a bigger role in it and be Garth Brooks? Because I look the most like Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't remember you were Garth Brooks in it. I, I just how bad I am at research and remembering things. <laughs> um, that really was the reason. That and oh, it was COVID. I mean, this this is boring stuff, but it was COVID, and we had a very small crew. Tried mm-hmm. to keep the scenes as small as possible. I've already got to be there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Why not just, just be in front of the camera? Plus, I haven't, I hadn't, I haven't done it on this level yet. So it was, um, and honestly, I never, I've never done, I've never been the lead in a movie I've made either. And I was just like, I don't know, seems fun. Let's try it. Even like, I mean, you've been doing this for what, like fifteen years? You were never the lead in any of them. Not a lead, but I've always been, you know, kind of little small parts here and there. Okay. And that's usually something of like, I cast somebody else, but they didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious. Um, when somebody like asks you to point and like you look at like Elvis, uh, the well, alien and like Elvis's baby being an alien and like there's like all these sort of fleeting things that are just very strange, but you just sort of move on. And uh, I never heard there was a lot of hay, not a lot of hay, but like there was a lot of people talking about uh, like, well, is the guy in... Uh, in Clement the Hunter, a, a vampire, or is he not? I don't know. And I was, I was curious while watching all of these, like, do you care if he's a vampire or like, do you care why alien, why Elvis is an alien baby? Does any of that like matter mm-hmm. to you? Or is it just like, you sort of feel it and it's just like, it's gotta happen. <laughs> um, I don't think, I don't, I don't think Wesley is a vampire. No. So you do have an no. answer then? No, I don't think at all. I think okay. he's just like a big dork. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like yeah. Some, yeah. like, you know, the well traveled guy that's just coming through and like talking about his travels, just being just kind of a fucking dork. <laughs> and then like uh and you know and you know, to us, like John and I like writing that stuff, um, we're just cracking up every time he starts talking. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, well, Moodle there said, you know, just how like pretentious and ridiculous he is. And so we're just having a laugh. Yeah. Um, and I think the ambiguity there, you know, no, I don't. I, I mean, yeah, it is there. But I mean, that's just the fun of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, it's just the, the, the fun of it is to, to, uh, for people to have different theories on, on what it is. Um, sure. to have a room 237 about you eventually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I think, uh, and as far as uh, the alien baby in um, Alien, I mean, it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, you know, because then afterwards they're uh, they're talking, and he's just like, uh, um, 
to tell you, dude, I don't think that baby looks anything like you. And he's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh yeah, take one of them pictures out, show it to show it to Texas Pete there. Um, right. These are just bits. Yeah, yeah. You, you know talk I mean? about I how, think, like I think people that are like uh, you know having a problem with like the, uh, the it just like all of a sudden like ah this is not piecing together this is not making sense the way it is it's just like just stop and enjoy the comedy it's just a fun bit right yeah you, know I mean, you I mean? mentioned I think, before like you, you like you're you you said that your movies are basically comedies when you write them right every single one of them is a yeah. comedy and i so, think that that's uh, that's always hard for especially you know but also you know that's to my detriment mm -hmm. i also like you know good cinematography <laughs> good cinematography is just like you, you see something you see some shadows and some faces and you just automatically think like oh this is like some serious moody thing and oh, yeah. so i think they play they play off each other in a weird way and i think that's what um is off-putting about the style but i don't know i like different things about movies i i just don't put them into um i just don't put everything into into one kind of box or category like you know i like moody cinematography and but i also and i like uh big long bits you know my favorite bit in a movie is uh instructor mistress did you guys see that one yeah, yeah. that was great okay. we watched everything we could <laughs> okay good 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 so my favorite bit is the fact that the beginning of the movie they're kind of like it's very like exposition they're just kind of explaining like what's happening within the plot and then they start talking about the german chocolate cake <laughs> and then we go to the credits and then the very next scene they're in the car and they're talking and he's asking her to make him the german chocolate cake whenever they get into the hotel well they settle into the hotel and all that stuff happens but it's all just leading up to this one bit of him of her uh her uh mother uh, diane putting um sorry i'm only i can only refer to them as actors but putting the because i was about to say jake which is the actor's name but uh putting <laughs> i don't uh, remember anybody's name anyway <laughs> put, yeah putting the uh husband's um hand on her breast to feel her cancer and then all of a sudden the daughter walks in with the german chocolate cake and it's all a very <laughs> awkward moment and she says would anybody like some german chocolate cake and it's just <laughs> a big long lead up to one stupid joke yeah <laughs> and it's, um... that's and that that's my favorite stuff and that's what i really like and i think uh, people are really looking too much into it and just need to be looking into the comedy of it like the, the pacing the pacing of the bit is that is that is that uh is that comedy present when you like when you do these like big like tonal shifts like an agnes when it like goes from like a strict horror to like something more existential like is that part of the humor of it when you like just totally do that shifts like are you playing kind of with the audience's sensibilities because it's like you're you're kind of having fun at that like where that expectation like kind of dies you mean am i trolling the audience like you said sort of I, I yeah i, I yeah <laughs> um maybe and if that that's like so that's just like i don't know that's just like self-conscious stuff like or i mean like um subconscious stuff rather uh like I feel like writing that movie was kind of like, all right, I'm like, uh, you know, really into it was really I kind of like outlined it first. What I remember, like I and I was like, all right, I'm really into what we got going on here. But what if we just stop? Because I'm bored with the convent now. What if we just go outside of the convent now and see what happens now? 
the big argument with that one is just like the wild tonal shift because it just becomes another movie. I don't think it becomes another movie. I no. think if you take right, the, yeah. the, the, the first part of this, it has these kind of like wild characters. I, you know, you, I, you, I was, I, I knew I'd come up with this. I really do like the father Donahue character a lot mm-hmm. in yeah. Agnes. I don't know if he's my favorite character, but I really <laughs> like him. Um, and uh, so he, you know he's he's kind of a wild character. And then you got Mother Superior, and there she's wild. And then you got uh, the Father Black character. And he's kind of crazy. And he's got his little assistant and stuff. And then Agnes herself is a little wild. And like it all has these crazy characters. Then you go to that second part. All those characters are still wild. They're still hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, Chris Sullivan yeah. is the uh, grocery store manager, just like oh, yeah. you like one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you got this, like this backwards comedian that's just like all like philosophical and not funny at all. Um, and this whole bit is just kind of, you're just kind of like, I don't know what I'm looking at here. And then, um, and you have a little friend at the laundromat, um, just the, um, like the characters are still the same. You're still having the same kind of fun. It just, yeah, maybe the fun got, you know, got lost and it just wasn't as like noticeably, I mean, we're still having a good time, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're still having yeah. a good time with with the structure of it and and everything. And uh, it still looks like a low budget horror film, like at that point too. When it ma- makes a shift, it still yeah. looks like the other sort of horror films I'm used to on Shutter and everything these days. Yeah, it's not like it ever. Yeah, I mean, there is a tonal shift. And also, I mean, I know you're a huge Bergman fan. Um, at least according to Brandon, I don't think I read as much as he did. But um, uh, and like all of i keep comparing it to winter light because all of that does feel like the most bergman like to me of what you've done like all of the exit the existential crisis about god and uh relation to him and everything and a lot of that in his films does also feel sort of like horror too in its own way oh well yeah i mean that's the thing you know and i hear i thought i was like really just i discovered the secrets but i mean i think every (laughs) filmmaker right now is just you know turning bergman movies into horror movies i don't think i think that's just a trend um like the a24 stuff going on oh i guess yeah yeah and uh because it is it's 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 so beautiful it's horrifying right um that being said though i think obviously strike your mistress is the most bergman of all the movies (laughs) because it literally is the remake of autumn sonata i yeah i just watched that the other day and i was like oh that's what this is (laughs) yeah um yeah uh i mean yeah i think other people do it but i think you definitely have your own twist on it too i don't i I, that didn't really occur to me all the a24 films and everything because they definitely seem to approach it from a much more self-serious way um i i I mean you definitely have one of the more unique voices i go i think going right now uh i mean part of this i relate to some of it because like i came up in a sort of film scene around here uh, some of the people are doing similar things. I Where guess. are you from again? Philadelphia. Oh, okay, cool. What's the uh, what's the festival? Is there a festival called a t- like Phil- Philadelphia Unnamed or something? Does that sound? Is that here or is that Seattle? Um, I don't know. I know there is an unnamed one somewhere. We have a bunch. I never go to any of them though. I used to be part of a group called Shooting Wall that would do stuff around here at like the Philomoca and. Uh, like DIY venues and stuff. But um, I know there's also a guy out here that does that. I don't know if he's still around, but he was doing a lot of horror stuff. And I think he started doing stuff for Lloyd Kaufman, maybe of trauma. 
but uh, I, don't, I never really got involved in the wider thing. <laughs> um, I, I can't tell with you. Like you mentioned the local film festival or anything. Are you that? Are you like sort of hooked into the local scene there at all, or is it just you and your guys? No, I am definitely. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't always that way. Yeah. <laughs> when you started getting a budget and stuff, you had to like sort of ingratiate yourself to the society there. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's different, you know, there's different groups there. Of course, there's the, uh, I, I, I guess when I say that I'm speaking to the creatives, like the other directors and stuff in town, like, it, you know, I, of course, I'm very much a part of like, um, you know, the same people that work on my stuff work on all the other stuff out here too. You know what I mean? Like the crew sure. and stuff like uh, Sam Calvin, my cinematographer and uh, Caitlin Shelby, who does production design. Like they all work on all the stuff that, um, that comes through here. Right. So I'm involved with, yeah, the actual like workers a lot, but I'm also involved with uh, kind of the, the creatives as well. The, uh, you know, the directors and writers and stuff around here too. And they're, mm. and they're literally wildly different. Like it's just two different <laughs> scenes, two different yeah. animals. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Was there any crossover between like the the kind of like indie film scene in Oklahoma and like uh, the the music scene? Because you started, you you played uh, you played music under El Paso Hot Button, right? For, for a did, while before. I did. Um, here's what I'll say about that. No, there's there's no no there's no crossover. It's always like people musicians have bad taste in movies and <laughs> filmmakers have bad taste in music. Yeah. And one thing about that I've noticed about uh, the difference between musicians and filmmakers is musicians are looked at as artists, mm -hmm. even if it's just some shitty bass player it's, who's all technique, who's just playing for some like <laughs> shitty folk band that, you know, just playing, you know, just, it's fine. What he's doing is fine. It's great. Yeah. It's still, they're still considered an artist. Filmmakers at least here and that's not to say anything bad about oklahoma i just mean like probably it's probably like this everywhere where just filmmakers are not considered artists right it's because it's such a product you know what i mean it's just considered you know like a job especially i mean especially now it feels less and less artistic with youtube and tiktok and everything like it's just become uh like not everybody ha can play an instrument, but everybody can hold their phone up and everybody wants to be in. And there's that new culture of influencers and all these weird videos on YouTube explaining shit and whatever. And I guess a lot of it sort of gets co-opted. Like, I feel like a lot of people see that now as if you're not making like a movie, you're doing that. Basically you're like a YouTuber basically. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even people who are making feature films now it's just like it's just it's not considered an art form at least at least at least in my world like i just really? it's just not yeah um you can you can and i'm speaking of just like getting them made or, or or um you know obviously if you create something you know fucking just amazing and um and there's just no argument about it then of course you're going to be hailed like oh this is a great work of art this is great but it sure certainly doesn't feel like that when you're making it right hmm. i mean it is a lot harder to make i mean not the music's easy to make but it's easier to record a song than it is to make a movie generally because there's a lot more logistics that have to go into making a movie too 
Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, I think it's just kind of like it's just something. I don't know. I don't know why it, why it feels like that. Um, and I, you know, someone's other someone's experience, someone else's experience could be wildly different. I just that's the way it feels around here. Like we have the uh, we have kind of a budding film scene, but it, like I said, it's not really so much for the the talent as it is for just kind of like everybody's getting some jobs now. We right. got Sylvester Stallone coming out and making a TV show for Paramount Plus. Like, uh, boy, everybody's getting jobs now. We're gonna have jobs for months because we're gonna be working on that show for months. And it's like, cool. I mean, like, how else are you gonna frame it? I guess too, because like movies take so much money to make, and it takes so much to learn how to do all these things on them. Yeah, and why would you uh, put all that, like, a bunch of money like that into into some? you know wild director right unless you're you know what i mean that's yeah or so you know someone that even why would you if you had and honestly i get it if yeah. i had 50 million dollars or something and i was gonna throw it to somebody i wouldn't want to throw it to some artist right <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i mean even television now like you see it i mean that's one of the things i wish there was more of i wish there was more anthology series where they're not just like I like Black Mirror and everything, but like it's not it's all every episode looks the same. I wish there was more anthology based stuff out there on TV with all these fucking streaming platforms and like shut everything where like they're just giving money to people to just make whatever weird shit they want to make and just giving them a place to show it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I actually love TV for entertainment. Well, yeah, of course. I, I mean, love TV. <laughs> yeah, it would just be nice if there was more with all this money flying around, if there was more money just to throw at fucking weird people like you making weird shit before you start uh, being able to work with all these film festivals and everything. Uh, who's going to watch it? I mean, I will. Uh, <laughs> you're from, you're from Newcastle, Oklahoma, right? Yep. Is most of your movies like done in Newcastle or, or Tulsa or? Well, not now, but I mean, when I was. <laughs> oh, oh your earlier, your earlier stuff. Well, Probably none of the. Did you guys watch that documentary? I yeah. did. Yeah. 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 Okay. So like that stuff when I was like a kid growing up, like in high school and stuff. I mean, that was all shot in Oklahoma or mm-hmm. Newcastle. Um, we had cars, but we weren't like driving out places to go film. We were just like, you know, why would we wouldn't go through that much trouble? Just like let's just go to the creek here in Newcastle, or right. let's go to uh, you know, Rich's house over here. Let's go to Dustin's house and shoot. You know what I mean? Just go to like these are the locations and like well uh, okay in this scene you're at a sonic yeah you know what i mean because we're all shooting in this small town in newcastle and so that stuff was for sure but not necessarily anything when i became an adult because <laughs> they're oh, just okay. like, so, yeah. not good look just newcastle is just not the best locations you know I'd say, I'd, i have shot some stuff in newcastle actually I, I shot some stuff in for alien in newcastle hmm. when he's like in the uh in the convertible like you know, driving out on his journey mm. and so that's 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 Newcastle. Uh, I think I I think I saw an interview with you where you said that um, back like in the days where you were just kind of shooting with like a mic on the camera, like you kind of had to like shoot inside a lot because like the wind in Oklahoma is fucking terrible or oh, something. It's awful. Yeah, it's so awful. I mean, I, you cannot go. I, I can go out right now and it'll just be like, <laughs> <laughs> like. Are you literally going out right now? <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. Oh, this sweet. Is gonna be, <laughs> this is going to be awful. Great. 
I love it. Okay, the one day when it's not windy. <laughs> <laughs> it just does it to spite you. It just it yeah, only does yeah. it on you. <laughs> anyway, usually it's wildly windy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was awesome. The idea that like just your geography like just kind of informs like the types of scenes that you have to shoot where you have to yeah. go inside more more often. Like is there is there anything about like making movies in like making films like in Oklahoma or Tulsa or Newcastle that like like that's kind of unique to like how your films end up. Like, do you feel like you could be making these movies like in, in another city? Yes. I think that the, <laughs> I think the thing is the difference here is it's uh, from what I've learned um, is it's almost impossible to navigate the film industry with no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't come from money. I didn't go to college. So I can't go out and get a good job or anything. Um, I've done this. You have money too. Like, do I know? It's hard enough if you do have money too. Like you see, exactly. You see like big actors making films and they go nowhere. Like, um, yeah. But I mean, like, uh, you know, I mean, I think the, the biggest, like the biggest hurdle of just having to like figure out a creative way around everything was just always never being able, never having money, never, not, not coming from money, not knowing people with money um, and stuff like that. So that's had to inform everything. So yeah, another element of that is, um, yeah. So my, you know, I like, always, I call my style, like, you know, just people talking in rooms because it's just like, well, that's all we can do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we've got a DSLR and we got a mic on top. We've got to have the mic uh, close enough to the actor. So we really can't compose a great shot. It just has to be, you know, we just have to wor- worry about the storytelling. So because of that, I learned like pacing and stuff with the editing and, um, and also figuring out how to uh, make my, you know, with all that practice, just making what I want, like come to life, like as far as jokes and stuff and knowing, um, you know, knowing what hits and what doesn't hit and how to work with actors and things like that. So it was all learned through a process of no resources, you know what I mean? And just having to figure out, um, you know, a, another option, you know, figure out a creative way around everything. Um, but I mean, I've seen other people, you know, go right out of uh, film school and then like get some money and uh, make a movie. Yeah. And, and it either fucking just the worst shit you've ever seen <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, someone makes something badass like that. So, I mean, different strokes for different folks. Do you think, uh, what do you think you're going to do? Do you think if like, because I, I feel like I never had a manager at a theater I used to work at who ended up, uh, who made some like terrible movies and ended up just on a uh, like television directing streak. And it seems like that there's like these different career options for directors. Like if they can make something to get enough attention, they can sort of just like get a job for the rest of their life, just at least doing it. Is that something that appeals to you at all? Uh, no one's going to hire me to direct a TV show. <laughs> I mean, you can work with people. I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, I just don't. You don't think you could you could limit yourself like that? It's not that. It's not like a thing. I'm not like, dude, I am not precious with any of this. If right. someone said, hey, we want you to direct an episode of this TV show, we're going to give you like 50 grand or something like that. Of course, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> but no one would. 
and I would fuck it up in the process of it because while we're there, I would be, I'd be like looking at him and be like, I would see something wrong. I'd be like, mm, no. So, okay. Can I do this? And should we change this? And I think we should change this. Actually, let me rewrite the script. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would like get into it in that way where I would be, I would probably, you know, they be seen as a problem. Right. And that's What's not that even, but that's, but that's not a thing of me just like trying, me trying to like be, um, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is, but just be, I'm, I'm not, I don't try to be difficult and I'm, I'm not, I really don't think I am that difficult. Um, but it's really just because of it's all, this is all I know. This is right. the only way I know how to do this. It's not a made of me like holding on to, uh, some fucking integrity or something. It's just like, this is all, these are, these are the sensibilities I have. This is what I've developed to, to be able to do this, but I can only do it in the way that I do it. Cause that's all I know how to do. So are you saying that you would like tell them like, look, I don't know if I could do this right. <laughs> like, cause I, yeah. I imagine you're going to get an offer at some point. Like if you keep making films and they keep playing the film festival circuit, somebody's going to be like, Oh no, that guy can like do something for us. Um, but so are you saying that you would just like try to talk them out of it? Basically. I just think that I would probably get too excited about it and <laughs> and be like okay 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 so if we did this and then did this sure. um i don't know i mean we'll have to see when it comes and then i'll and then i'll share my experience but no one has came to me for, with that yet right i mean you're still a little bit early in getting recognized but it does seem like you're on a pivot trajectory even if you are like i mean people you've you've done like the perfect thing to make people interested in you you do things with no money very well and you do things that are weird and they don't and make them just sort of like spark that thing in their head like all the articles about uh your new movie they all get they all seem to get really excited when they start talking about the twist and the plot that he's going to be cryogenically frozen <laughs> like <laughs> you've you've we'll see you've, what i mean but if i didn't have but i wouldn't be able to do that that's the problem is i wouldn't be able to do that with some television script and well, so yeah. I'd be like, oh, well, guys, I know how we can make this better. And then they'd just be like, okay, uh, I think we're going to go with somebody else. But yeah. that's once you're in the door already, though. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm wondering is like, you're in the, like, they might, you might tell them that, but they might still be like, no, we can, we can like ruin his spirit. We could destroy him um, and rebuild him into what we need. So I'm, I don't know. I'd be interested to see if this, I, I feel like it's going to happen eventually. So I'd be, I'm interested to see what, will happen if it does <laughs> hey man if uh, if i sell out then <laughs> then i have i've made it i uh, then I, know, know that i'm happy know that i'm that's happy. awesome oh, I'm yeah okay at all i'm, I'm directing a marvel film <laughs> oh yeah they offer me a marvel film know that i'm happy i'm okay well you had <laughs> guns brother in your one film already so you already have you're like one degree away already <laughs> do what say it again you had James Gunn's brother in your in Agnes, so you're already Almost. Be away from there. Yeah, he was a pleasure to work with too. Yeah, he seemed great. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I ask what you do for money? Actually, like, do you have a job outside of filmmaking right now, or is this just all you're doing? Well, I edit for some things. Oh, so you have kind of. Um, I do. So I do some freelance editing, and then I edit for this uh, company. And then I also uh, work, I have a social media show on um, Instagram. Really? It's for a liquor store called George's Liquors downtown. 
Oh man! Local liquor stores, a tough show for a local liquor it, it's store. It's a, it's a, it's a show. Well, like a sitcom. It's uh, an, it's I don't yeah, kind of. It's like an Instagram show. Each one is like a minute long, and there's there's a there's a narrative that happens every week, and there's commercials and music videos and things, and I shoot them all on my phone, and I edit them all on my phone. I'm only there three hours a day, and um, it's from Monday to Friday, and then I come home and do some some editing stuff. So. I, I stay busy. That's all. Awesome. Oh wow! That's a, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds like. So, yeah, so oh. go to uh, at stop by George's OKC. I will. Okay, okay. I, that's what we'll that's what we'll promote okay. for the episode. I saw that you like you. I followed you on Instagram, but like I saw you had no other social media. <laughs> what other social media am I supposed to have? Twitter. Yeah, I mean that's the that's no Twitter is sort of Facebook. trash. Is it oh, just okay. Facebook? Facebook's still a thing, right? I mean, people. I don't have it for, for older folks, right? <laughs> yeah, I know my grandma's on it. Yeah, I think there you go. most people yeah. I know are on it. I just, I just, I just didn't want to see them anymore, so I stopped using it. <laughs> you don't yeah, want to see your grandma weird. anymore? They're up. They're all dead. Fuck. I like to keep <laughs> the messenger, but like I don't really look so much at uh, the Facebook. Though I just do it, you know, share photos of my family to my other family. <laughs> so. It's like bare minimum like you used to send people like pictures of your kids like in the mail or whatever like school pictures and stuff and now it's just like if, like be my facebook friend and i'll just share photos of my children for you <laughs> i mean yeah i mean it, it it essentially is that yes i i agree with this i don't know why i still have a facebook um but i do and uh because i'm still curious i'm still yeah. curious about uh people from you know that i they're from my town you know from, no, me, uh, me from newcastle too. from newcastle i still like curious of what they're doing um does anybody have anything else it's been about an hour oh we should yeah. i um, i've been talking for an hour almost yeah i was going to ask you my my oldest kid a sixth grader has um been making little movies on his tablet and phone i sent the i sent one to brendan and rob it was called bad eats and it was like a horror it was like they had been watching a lot of good eats by alton brown i don't know if you've ever seen it. it's just like a cooking show except theirs was called bad yeah. eats and they um it was like a horror film and like all the food was poisonous and stuff Anyway, so I got him a video can like a camera because I was like, okay, if you want to film stuff, I'll get it. But he chooses not to use it. He likes to do it with his phone and tablet and stuff. And I don't know. I don't it's know easier. anything. Phone's easier. For sure. Yeah. I don't know how to uh, help support his filmmaking, as it were. I feel like um, I feel like he is really inventive and creative, but I don't know any tech or like anything to do to support him. I know nothing other than I bought him the little video camera that he doesn't use. Well, uh, you know, totally different. Now, if I would have been, if I was, you know, young now, if I was, uh, whatever, however, whatever I started making movies, I don't know, 13, maybe 13 or 14 when I started like doing that you know we used a video camera and then plugged it into the vcr then later on we got a uh a thing where we could add music so it was like basically you plug the um camera into this little machine and then you plug that machine into the vcr and then you kind of like edit like audio like uh analog wise God. Um, and 
And that's how we did it. And and so we had to shoot everything in camera. We couldn't actually edit the footage. We had to shoot. We just had to shoot it, get it right that time. So if we fucked up like a take, we had to rewind and make sure that we cut in just the right place. Wow. When shooting the movie. So that was extremely difficult and good for nobody. Taught me nothing. Like, you know, people will be like, well, back Monday, you know, you got to learn how to play on the acoustic guitar. No, you don't. Like, <laughs> it's so much easier. That's so like, if I would have had a phone, man, the shit I do on my phone, I can shoot a movie on the phone. I can, um, uh, I can make music. There's like, you know, like a little garage band app. There's so many apps. I'm just saying like, for that comes with the iPhone. You got iMovie and garage band. What yeah. else could you possibly need to make whatever the hell you want with that? Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think uh, kids having a phone, like, holy shit, man! I mean, it's like if they're interested in, like, you know, kind of like developing a, a language for a film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you know, like, 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 like expanding on on the art form, and even the even the iPhone movie and the iPhone edit, like taking its own kind of form, and you know, people capitalizing on that, like. There's so many opportunities. There's so many great things that can be done with the phone, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the phone. So okay. yeah, if I would have had a phone, I would like those movies that like, you guys saw the older movies and stuff. Um, Suede head and those movies, like I would, I would arrows. I would have shot that with a phone. Yeah. Easy, mm. Like I would have definitely shot that with a phone. If I would have been as comfortable with the phone as I am now. Okay. <laughs> so the phones are great. All right. Good. Now I have to get him, I guess, to watch weird films. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, that's not going to change his taste. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, knowing how to use the phone and edit and shoot on it and be a badass on the phone. Like, he's if he still has bad taste, he's still going to be making bad things. So, yeah, okay. I mean, he's probably going to get weirder just doing he's gonna, it. He's going to get weird. He's <laughs> yeah, already, he's, he's, a, he's a super phone. kid. So, like, I'm sure, like, it's going to go, like, well for him to do something creative. So... Nice. Love it. Anything else, Brandon? No, I think that's a good thing to end on. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll stop recording then. Um, One, two, three, four. <laughs>